0: Hey everybody! This is Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Sean Harwell. This is a show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and yours. I'm joined, of course, by Craig Moorhead, Craig the Leg. How are you? I'm. Uh, I got a leg up on you, Sean, because I'm doing great this week. Oh, good to hear it. You know, last week you or, or two weeks ago, yeah, you didn't use that word, did you?
1: No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm kind of on a. I'm just on an emotional roller coaster, Sean. Yeah uh it goes from great to okay back to great it's
0: pretty crazy well without the lows how do you appreciate the loop-to-loops you know
1: exactly Sean. exactly
0: how about you how are you doing i am outside the roller coaster i'm just looking and i'm like i'm gonna vomit if i get on that thing so uh, i don't know what that means in turn of terms of how i'm doing emotionally but uh, i feel fine
1: well okay good good i'm glad to hear that at least Mm -hmm. yeah
0: um, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, we're powering through September here and trucking right along towards the season that we all love, mm-hmm. changing leaves. Oh man, it's, it is autumn. Pumpkin spice and just dump it all over our yards, you know?
1: That's, yeah, that's what I do too. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it'll be a good time. And until then, people are just going to be stuck inside because you know, it's like those dog days of summer. Where it feels like it should be colder than it actually is. And you don't want to be outside. You want to be inside listening to our podcasts and communicating with us. So why don't you tell people where they should come do that?
1: Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, you can, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at Never Podcast. Find us on Facebook at Never Podcast, Instagram. You'll see us at N-H-O-I-T podcast. That's N-H-O-I-T podcast. And if you're just looking for episodes, you're looking for where you can find actual episodes of the podcast. You'll find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. And, uh, you know, if you're so moved, please subscribe and leave a review because it helps people find our podcast. Um, and that is uh, something we're always uh, wanting. What? <laughs> We're always greedy for people. Mm-hmm. No? I don't know. Yes. Uh, Praise horse. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh d- d- Does the term vainglorious apply to us? Well, I, I like just it. heard that I recently, so. and I was like, I like that. Vainglorious. That sounds about right. <laughs> well, Sean, let's get started on this vainglorious uh, tee-up that we've got before us here.
0: Yeah, let's do that. We are talking about a movie that I had seen the poster for uh, not that long ago, Craig. And then, boom, mm-hmm. in my email inbox comes a message from you. It's like, hey, what about this movie? Yeah, let's do yeah. mm-hmm. So here we are. We're talking about The Watermelon Woman. That's exactly how it went down, folks. Uh, this is from 1996. I knew very little about this movie at all other than uh, just was seeing the poster pop around on uh, Letterbox.com, I think. So we have a comedy, a drama, a romance, all in one film.
1: All in one? Wow. Can
0: you even believe that? This that's movie's a lot unrated. of value. That's how crazy it is. On Un- Oh, rated. yes. They're like, you got ratings? We don't need them. Mm-mm. Get it out of my face. That's so right. IMDb tells us this is a young black lesbian filmmaker probes into the life of the watermelon woman, a 1930s black actress who played Mammy archetypes. So that's interesting. Also, feels extremely uh, relevant in a time when people are getting upset about uh, Angel Mama. And uh, sure the poor, poor syrup that doesn't actually taste like real syrup at all. No. I'm like contractually obligated to say that because my wife is from Vermont, by the way. But um,
1: uh, she's... She, I agree 100%. Though. Yeah, she's right. And that's right. just she's from right. passing through Vermont.
0: Yeah. yeah, she's definitely right. And uh, yeah, so this is an interesting looking movie on a lot of fronts. Um, certainly the subject matter, of course. And uh, we're going to get into all of that. So we should just start with finding out who it is that made this thing, Craig, and I think you've got all those details.
1: Sean, you're darn right I do. Mm. The Watermelon Woman is directed by Cheryl Dunye. Now, I don't know, maybe you're not familiar with her name, but let me tell you something, you've probably seen some of her work. Cheryl Dunye, lately she's directed episodes of Dear White People, Mm. Queen Sugar, And the brand spanking new Lovecraft Country, which I have not checked out yet, but I'm looking forward to it. It's like a Jordan Peele-produced show. Yeah, that's
0: crazy because literally I'm looking at IMDb and the top ad portion is Lovecraft Country. Yes. There's an ad on the side. Uh, Let's see if I scroll down. Uh, I had no idea that she was directing episodes of of that or any TV right now, so that's great.
1: Yeah. Uh, She's in pre-production, according to IMDb, for a feature right now called Black is Blue. Cool which I'm going to guess is based on a short that she uh, made uh, a a while back. Uh, She also wrote the movie, Cheryl. She's tended to write uh, her own original material. And another writer, Doug McKeown. McKeown,
0: I'm going to say Doug McKeown. McKeown. Mm -mm. (laughs) I'm going to say Doug McKeon. Again, you just play the odds. You say it about five, six different ways. One of them's bound to be right. And
1: one of them's right. One Mm -hmm. of them's got to be right. Uh, and this appears to be the only thing Doug ever worked on. Mm. And considering, yeah, how it's it's made this sort of resurgence. Yeah. All of a sudden, uh, what more did he need to do? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he needed to write anything else. Anyway, we've got a movie that has that has producers yet again. And being a independent film, boy, howdy, are there a lot of producers. Oh, yeah? A lot of people okay. came together, worked hard to make this happen. We've got. Uh, Barry Sweimar, who also produced Paris is Burning. We've got Cheryl Dunier herself. We've got Benjamin Goldberg as an assistant producer. Benjamin uh, also did a lot of art department work on movies like 12 Monkeys. Uh, we've got Alexander Juhas. Don't know if that's how I pronounce it exactly, but I'm going for it. Alexander Juhas, as a co producer, also uh, produced uh, the movie The Owls. We've got Burke Moody, who also uh, produced Greatest Sports Legends. We've got Kate Wilson, who also is a producer on Raising Victor Vargas. Oh, I
0: love that movie.
1: Yeah, it's a great movie. We've got Zoe Leonard. We've got Michael Light as an executive producer. We've got Annie Taylor and Judy Lebold and Joy Melanowski. And those folks, this is their only producing credit. Oh, no will
0: uh, Yeah. That is a lot of producers.
1: It's a lot of producers. Uh, we've still got some more to go. Sit back. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then we've got Benji Blanco and Mark Smolowitz, who are the restoration producers, I'm going to guess, who did sort of restoration on Watermelon Woman and have brought this new version to the market. Cool. As far as I understand. Yep. Uh, music in the film is done by Paul Shapiro, who also did music for the, uh, the movie Girls Town. Which I don't know if you remember, we talked about, I don't remember the episode now, but it was when we did the movie uh, Dogfight, uh, okay. Lily Taylor's in that, yeah. in Girlstown, I think, I believe it was her first movie, huh. talked a little bit about it.
0: love Dogfight, man, that was so good, I was thinking about that Dogfight recently. such a good movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, our DP is Michelle Crenshaw. She has eight other credits, including one called Shooting Women. Ouch. Yeah. But that's about camera women in, in film. Oh, okay right sort of play on words not so much a violent gotcha yeah and we've got uh, a movie that is edited by a person named annie taylor now you heard of annie taylor up in the producers
0: you right credits. we did
1: so she did some producing she edited the film still her only credit mm. this is it you get when you finish it and you did it right you just say don't need to do that again yep. I'm gonna go do something else. That's how I
0: feel about podcasting.
1: Precisely.
0: <laughs> just waiting to get <laughs> it right soon as soon as we get times. it right. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, casting by Gail Lloyd. That's her only credit. and also Mike Lemon uh, who uh, was casting department on movies such as Twelve Monkeys and Unbreakable. got a lot of got a lot of ties here, a lot of connections here between folks. Uh, and starring, and Sean, I don't know if you went and looked at this cast list.
0: Craig, I'm looking at it right now.
1: It is, I would say, hands down, the longest cast list I've seen of any movie, possibly ever, but definitely of any movie we've done on this podcast. Well over 100 people, I mean, well over 100 people accounted for on this cast list.
0: The crew list as well is extraordinary long for imdb they have all the people that were thanked in the film Mm -hmm. as well as um all the pas etc yeah just uh you don't it's nice to see honestly somebody i think just went through and did every single credit and included it and linked it to imdb which 100 it's the longest one i've ever seen in my life on imdb but good
1: it's definitely the longest. I'm not going to cover every You're single not? person okay. in the cast. <laughs> oh, geez. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't. I don't have enough tape in my cassette deck to record that. What about much the guy audio. that played
0: grungy white boy? Yeah. No, I know. It's, I know. It's David Hanson, by the way. Oh, Just fair to make sure enough. That he's, yeah.
1: I mean, I'm fascinated to know. Yeah,
0: where all these people fit in to this movie? Seriously, how, if if they got paid, the budget would be astronomical, which I know it was not. Absolutely. So anyway, let's get let's focus on the ones that are really gonna. Indeed.
1: Starring Cheryl Dunier as Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl Dunier has appeared in such movies as The Owls and Dropping Penny. We've got Guinevere Turner as Diana. You would have seen Guinevere in such movies as American Psycho Uh, and Mm. also on the series The L Word from about 2004 to 2009. Yep. Uh, Camille Paglia. Does that name ring a bell to you?
0: It does. I don't know why.
1: That's exactly exactly the same experience. Uh, Camille Paglia plays a character named Camille Page, but Camille Paglia is a famous social critic. Uh, critic. She would be criticizing my my ability to pronounce words. Sure. She's a famous social critic. God. <laughs> okay. Hold on, let me let me erase that sure. T from the, mm, boom, got it. She's a famous social critic mm. and feminist. And I seem to remember hearing a lot about her around this time in the, well, actually more in the early 90s. And she was just more a part of the news cycle. And I was really looking for exactly why. Mm. Like, was there a news story she was caught up in? But I remember hearing her name a lot around that time. And I knew, and I knew, who she was more or less like why she was there, but I didn't know what story she was kind of a part of. But anyway, she's a big part of the, uh, feminist movement. And, uh, so I'm really interested to see how she's, uh, worked into this movie. Cool. Uh, anyway, she also has appeared as herself in the movies, Henry fool. And it's Pat,
0: it's Pat.
1: Yes, it's Pat. Which man that movie's got to have taken on a whole new life. Mm, I bet depending so, yeah. on like how it handles its subject matter. Uh, wow, uh, and we've got Emmy Collins as video browser. Emmy Collins, <laughs> uh, he has a pretty extensive credits list, really, uh, not least of which being the role of Hollywood Jesus on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. Mm. Also has appeared on Homicide: Life on the Streets. Uh, And the the last person that I mentioned was Christopher Mann, mainly because there was this enormous, uh, you know, there's this enormous cast list. And at the bottom, there's only one name. (laughs) They've they've sectioned off (laughs) Christopher Mann with rest of cast listed alphabetically. And then there's one name. (laughs) It's Christopher. It's Christopher Mann. Uh, You would have seen Christopher Mann possibly in such movies as Michael Clayton, Duplicity uh loving uh the big year he's had he's had a bunch of stuff so you know that was kind of my experience looking people's names up on here a lot of people have extensive credits lists but not maybe necessarily people that are have broken onto the scene and like you know really well so uh i'm interested to to see what you have on this movie because uh yeah, the more I look into it, the more interesting it gets to me. I love the <sighs> fact that so much of it, to me anyway, is sort of undiscovered.
0: I'm just still stunned. There cannot be this many people in this movie. That is impossible. There's no way.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe every single face in the movie, every background person walking by <sighs> is, is in the credits. I, I have maybe. no idea. I'm, I'm so curious. Yeah,
0: I'm it. extremely curious. We'll find out very soon. Okay, so yeah, um, not not a ton here, but we will go through it. What I found, so it, it looks like the genesis of this movie began as an idea in '93 when Dunye was doing research for a class she was taking on black film history, and unsurprisingly, not finding a ton of information on black actresses in the early days of film, and a lot of times even, you know, the ones that were appearing in movies credits were just not in the film they just were not credited right it was the Mm -hmm. opposite of the IMDB page for the watermelon woman right right and um, from this that sort of spawned an idea sparked the embers of inspiration you might say Craig and Dunya got a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts to the tune of $31,500 I was like okay that's that's interesting enough right yeah big deal but great good for good for them Sure. Much more to this story in a second. But so they were able to raise a total of $300,000 and the grant was part of this and they did a fundraiser. They took donations from friends. Maybe they let them all be in the movie. Apparently, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Get judging from that cast list. But I thought this was kind of interesting and something maybe independent filmmakers should think of as, as well. Um, I don't know how successful it would be today, but very curious. One of the ways they made money is something that plays a part in the film, which again is is sort of looking into a fictional actress, right? From the 30s. Mm-hmm. So they had to create all this stuff because they said, you know, they did research and they looked at the lesbian history archive and the Library of Congress, didn't find what they needed from an archival sense, and also you had to pay for the, for the usage of that, I think, for some of these places, right? So they didn't have the money for that. So just decided you're, we're just going to have to create these things to be in the movie mm-hmm. itself. So they staged a photo shoot. And they used a uh, NYC photographer named Zoe Leonard and created over 70 images that they would use as photographs of this fictional actress for the film itself. But then they exhibited those photos at galleries. They published a book. And they auctioned off some of the photos. Um, and at least part of that money went to help fund the film. So that's really smart, right? You're sort of using stuff you'd have to do anyway from a production design standpoint and using it to fund the eventual film. Kind of cool, yeah. turning it into art itself. So it's all good, right? Yeah. Not exactly. Oh. There's at least one sex scene in the film. Which got called out in a review, and I think in a positive way, just talking about how it was like a a pretty, you know, unusual and significant scene of lesbians at the time, right? Not seeing a ton of sex scenes like this unless it's done by male filmmakers and probably through a completely different lens. But because the National Endowment of the Arts had given money to this, right? Right. Suddenly you get some controversy. So Julia Duin, who was uh, at one time the religion editor of the Washington Times, wrote an article questioning the ethics of the grant. That hits the press. Who else is reading the Washington Times? Congress. Oy. Congressman Peter... Yeah. Hoekstra, I think is how you pronounce it, or Hextra, who was Republican from Michigan and is currently serving, Craig, as the U.S. ambassador to the Netherlands, naturally had to get out his pen and paper and write a letter to the NEA chairwoman stating that the movie, quote, is one of several gay and lesbian themed works that raises a serious possibility that taxpayer money is being used to fund the production and distribution of patently offensive and possibly pornographic movies. Jesus, I can all but guarantee he never saw a second of this oh, movie. not. When he wrote this, right, S- right. especially that po- possibly pornographic part, right? So there's no sure. way he'd seen this, yeah, um, or he did and got off on it, and of course that's a whole other can of worms. Anyway, um, I probably should we have to be careful with saying all. I don't care. He's come <laughs> arrest us. Um, right? Spokesperson for Hextra said. Quote, he had no problem with gay content, just those that contained explicit sex. Right. (laughs) And because of all this, the NEA did indeed restructure the way that they gave grants. And now I think they only do so to specific projects rather than funding straight to arts groups themselves for disbursement, which... I was thinking about that on the one' It's like, well, maybe that makes sense. You know, you you want a grant, you tell them about your project, and they decide from that. But on the other, I'm like, well, I don't know if that like does that le- leave a situation to be more sort of politically biased as far as what they're picking. You know, if it's somebody who's got some sort of influence, blah blah blah. Versus, no, like these are the arts groups that we work with. We just give them to them. We don't even want to know what the specific project is. They'll figure that out. And so I I don't know. I, I mean, to what me, Long-term ramifications of this change have been, if any, but it's unfortunate that it, if it came about partly because of this, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Forget, like,
1: it's, it was a simpler yeah,
0: time it, in a way that that's the sort of like.
1: <laughs> sure. I mean, <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah. when you think about what's going on these days. Yeah, the morality problem But at problems, the same
0: time. The police were out because of uh, oh, damn nudity in, in sex scenes and movies, for God's sake. Right.
1: You know? But a part of me wonders, though, too, is like what what part does it play in, in, in where we're at now yeah. that like uh, uh, you don't want uh, a movie. You don't want to help fund a movie that contains explicit sex scenes when the whole reason we exist as a people mm-hmm. is because we have explicit sex with people <laughs> like it's a part of every person's life. Yeah. But it has; it can never be shown. But if you want to shoot somebody in the eye, that's okay. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Shoot as many people in the face as you want, but we cannot have; we cannot show people having sex. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's uh, that's kind of dumb.
0: It is kind of dumb, and frankly, the NEA should be funding these kind of things. So, yeah. Uh, but regardless, they got their grant before all this nonsense happened, and they made the movie in Philly. Completed mm-hmm. the film, and in February of 96, it premiered at the Berlin Film Festival. It played the Toronto International Film Festival and then opened in the United States on March 5th, the day before my birthday 1997. What a glorious year Wow, was, Craig. That's Let's fantastic. See, I was a, 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 about to be 20 years old on the nose the day after it opened. Uh, It did get a re-release, as you mentioned, in March of 2016, and I I think has certainly taken on a new audience since then. Did not see any taglines, although I'm going to come back to something that is on one of the DVD release uh, box uh, cover arts in in a second because it's a pretty great blurb from the LA Weekly. So uh, one also known as Arubzuyarka. Arubzuyarka. She's also Polish, nothing on Google translated, did not detect it, I tried it as <laughs> Polish, it n- nothing. I don't know that that's word. word exists. I have no clue. Um, but IMDb has it on there as if it's uh, absolute fact. So <laughs> our Polish listeners, help me out here. Indeed. Okay, so box office, according to IMDb, this movie made $1,989 at the box office, which I feel like Craig, if this is true, Cheryl, if you're listening, send us your address. I, I think between Craig and I, we can come up with $11 just so you hit that $2,000. Yeah. I mean, I Yeah, I just, let's not let this stand. You know, the OCD in me doesn't... I can't live with that number being what it is. Like, it's just too close <laughs> to too being round. close. That, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you want to take a stab. I did 96, even though it didn't mm-hmm. open in the U.S. until 97, but it had its big festival life excuse me run in 96 so you want to take a stab at number one global box office this this was a monster monster movie for 96 yeah
1: was it actually a monster movie? no okay
0: not far off but that's all i'll say oh,
1: 96 man 96 is like a blank
0: cgi i'll say that one word uh, well that's not even a word <laughs> Three letters. <laughs> uh, Extravagant, like a just like a like a centerpiece of what this thing could do post Jurassic Park, obviously.
1: Right. See, I mean, the only thing I could think of was Godzilla.
0: Yeah, but what Independence is Independence Day?
1: Uh, okay, yep. yeah, Independence Day.
0: So, Independence Day, Twister, Disaster Movies ruled the box office that year. Mission, Impossible, The Rock, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, 101 Dalmatians, Ransom, The Nutty Professor, Jerry Maguire, Eraser. Fox had one movie in the top 10, WB, Universal had two, Sony one, Paramount one, Disney four. Good year for Disney that year.
1: Yeah. Sign sure. of things
0: to come. Once again, Craig, are you ready for the notables list? And somebody should... I'm going to just read through them. Somebody should take it and like put a beat behind it. Yeah, we can do that. But no, this year is just... uh, It's just like pure film school year. Okay, here we go. Two days in the valley. American Buffalo. Barbed wire. Basquiat bastard out of Carolina. Beautiful girl. Beavis and butthead. Do America. Big Night, Black Sheep, Blood and Wine, another Bob some movie, Bottle Rocket Bound, Box of Moonlight, Breaking the Waves, Broken Arrow, Cable Guy, Citizen Ruth, Alexander Payne, Courage Under Fire, The Craft Crash, the Cronenberg version, The Crucible, Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood, Dragonheart Dunstan checks in, Emma Escape from LA, Everyone Says I Love You, Avita, Executive Decision, Measures. The Fan, Fear, Feeling, Minnesota, The First Wives Club, Fled, Flirting with Disaster, Flyway, Home, Freeway, Frighteners, From Dust Till Dawn, Get on the Bus, The Ghost in the Darkness, Ghost of Mississippi, Girls 6, The Glimmer Man, Grace of My Heart, Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, Happy Gilmore, Hard 8, Harriet the Spy, High School, High Hype, I Shot at Andy Warhol, Irma Vap, The Island of Dr. Moreau, Jack, Francis Ford Coppola Film, James and the Giant Peach, Jane Eyre, Jingle all the way. Joe's apartment. The juror. Kansas City. Kingpin. Lone Star. Long kiss. Good night. Mars attacks. Marvin's room. Mary Riley. Matilda. Maximum risk. Michael. Michael Collins. Microcosmos. The Mirror Has Two Faces, Mother, Mother Night, Mr. Holland's Opus, Mulholland Falls, Falls, excuse me, Multiplicity, Muppet nope. Treasure Island, My Fellow Americans, One Fine Date, Paradise Lost, The Documentary About the West Memphis Three, People vs. Larry Flint, The Phantom, Phenomenon, The Pillow Book, The Portrait of a Lady, Primal Fear, of Romeo and Juliet, Basil Armas. Scream. Secrets and lies, set it off, Sergeant Bilko. She's the one. Shine, sleepers, Sling Blade, Space Jam, the Spitfire, Grills, By Heart, Star Trek, First Contact, Stealing Beauty, Revolution, Strategies, mm-hmm. Surviving Picasso, Swingers, That thing you do, a thin line between love and hate, thinner, a time to kill, tin cup, to Jillian on her thirty-seventh birthday, trains fighting, trees in lounge, the truth about cats and dogs, unhook the stars when we were kings, White Squall, the whole wide world. I feel like I saw every single one of those at the theater that year.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, what's funny is that you go through naming those and I can picture the poster of every single one. Every single one of them. Every last one. Yeah,
0: That's nice. Is that because of Blockbuster? Probably. Yeah. It's gotta be. But I I mean, so many of those, I I saw Beavis and Butthead in the theater, Cable Guy, Courage Under Fire, I'm pretty sure. I know I saw yep. Crash. I don't know if I saw it on, on the theater. I'd be surprised. But I
1: definitely did not see that in the theater. But yeah. Oh
0: my god! Um, what a year, and yeah. some good, good stuff in there too.
1: And it's still like that's kind of the tale of of Tarantino's success, yep. right? Like Pulp Fiction, and like was that people year? just yeah. wanted to get as much <clears throat> indie stuff as they could. Anything that even felt like it was indie, like it had to have an indie cred type. Feeling yeah. to it, it was that's crazy. Two days
0: in the valley, feeling Minnesota. I mean, those are like <laughs>
1: feeling Minnesota, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, wow. But also, like there's still um, like I think Sydney Lumet had a movie that year. Coppola made Jack. You know, there's still some of that old mm-hmm. guard. Kansas City, the Altman film. Um, you know, there's some of that. Was that was a good
1: movie. I love that movie.
0: Yeah, Um City. Just yeah. foreman had People versus Larry Flint. Like, there's still some of those mm-hmm. guys kicking around, but. Kind of that shift was certainly happening. Also, like there's like 12. John Grisham. There's like six John Grisham movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so all of that said, Craig, you've Mm -hmm. seen the poster and the DVD box art for all of them. I did not tell you which movie won Best Picture that year. It was not in that list. Do you recall... This was one of those that let a lot of people in film school down. Then I'd since have a much better appreciation for it. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't even remember uh, now, too. I was like trying to remember. I was like, well, what was I pissed off about? Like, what mo- oh, Well, there's a couple of that. I- Actually, I know exactly which ones I wanted to win. Go ahead. Was this the year of Shakespeare in Love? It was not, although it was okay. a similar reaction, I guess.
1: Uh, Give me a hint. I need a hint.
0: Rafe finds.
1: Um, oh,
0: English Patient. Indeed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it won Best Picture. Anthony Miguel picked up Best Director. Jeffrey Rush won Best Actor for Shine. Frances McDormand Best Actress for Fargo. That was the one. Fargo. And I mean, I remember yeah. seeing that in the theater. Just it floored me, and I was just like, I, I can't believe that didn't win Best Picture. So yeah. uh,
1: I've never seen English Patient.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I really, really like yeah, it. I it's check a great it novel as well. Um, but at the time, it just, it felt like such a different thing from what was kind of like the pulse of, I guess, like that sort of like indie world crossing over, you know? Yeah. Even though it was a Miramax movie, I'm pretty sure. But this was also too, Is like, okay, is Miramax sort of just buying Best Picture now, you know? And then Shakespeare right. Love happened in 98, I think. So, um, yeah, I meant to ask you if you could remember who won all these awards. What about Best Supporting Actor? I did say the name of this movie, at least. You remember that? For 96? Yeah. It was, this was a very m- memorable moment when this person won, this actor. Oh. Uh... Very quotable <laughs> movie from Cameron um, Crowe.
1: God, I can't remember anything right now.
0: Cuba Gooding Jr jerry Maguire.
1: oh oh oh. okay oh, yes crazy yeah jerry Maguire.
0: yeah uh julia binoche picked up the supporting actress and two i have to mention screenplay this year because just I, I think monumental victories here and uh i remember being like such a big moment watching this show uh billy bob thornton won adapted script for sling blade and i think got mm-hmm. a standing ovation because it was just like he just seemed like he shouldn't be there, you know? <laughs> like he Right. Just, I was like, who right. let this person in here? But here he is getting an award. And uh, the Cohen Brothers won Best Original Script for Fargo. Interestingly,
1: yeah,
0: the of all those movies that are recognized, uh, the movie that won Best International Film that year was a Czech movie called Kolya. I, I know that nothing about familiar. this movie. Never heard anybody yeah. say a word about it. So, um, maybe i have to check it out. Huh. Uh, Back to Watermelon Woman. It won the Teddy Award at the Berlin Film Festival that year, which I didn't know about this. I did actually look this one up after not looking up Crystal Bear. This is for the Best Feature Film with LGBT Topics, which was a category they had established in 1987. So good job, Berlin. I had no clue. That's pretty cool. It also won the Audience Award for Narrative Feature at LA Outfest. And the blurb I wanted to read from the DVD art here, at least the international release, is from LA Weekly. The sort of film Spike Lee would make if he were both smarter and a dyke. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I don't, that's the only review I have and I I don't want any more. Like I just (laughs) leave it at that I love that. that. Um, uh, The title, Craig, does that ring a bell to you at all?
1: Of the Watermelon Woman? Mm Mm-hmm. It does not.
0: Me either, but it is a play on a 1970 film from Melvin Van Peebles called The Watermelon Man, which ah. is something we maybe should check out here. Like, listen to this yeah. uh, synopsis. An extremely bigoted 1960s white insurance salesman named Jeff Gerber wakes up one morning to find that he has become black. <laughs> it's inspired by Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis and John Howard Griffin's autobiographical Black Like Me. That I got to see that movie. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting to see sort of those ties to to that, and I think yeah, it just seems like there's been a lot of chatter about this movie on Letterboxd specifically now this year um, because of everything else that's kind of going on in the world and uh, Me Too, I'm sure, and also Black Lives Matter and representation taking you know a much bigger stage than it has in the past, obviously for way too late than it should have, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I think it is great that that you mentioned watching this movie and us getting a chance to look at it, uh, right now without really knowing that we were being topical, I guess. Yeah. We picked it. So we will do our best to humiliate ourselves when we watch it and report back next week.
1: Always, always.
0: always. It just comes naturally so this is also streaming on amazon prime video it appears so check it out hour and a half i'm sure you can find the time and if you've seen it let us know if not come watch it with us and we'll be back next week to tell you all about it craig Mm -hmm. any last words
1: yes vainglorious means excessively proud of oneself
0: Hmm. let's 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 all think
1: about that that's absolutely where we're at sweet all right bye